Welcome to the Bishop Strickland Hour. My name's Terry Barber with Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We have one goal in life, and that is to serve the Lord, Jesus Christ, and to get to heaven and bring as many souls as possible. Bishop Strickland, thanks again for taking time in your busy schedule to share the gospel with all of our listeners. Thanks, Terry. Thank you. Bishop Strickland, this morning I got uh, your uh, letter from the Diocese of of Tyler, and it's a letter on the queenship of Mary where you're speaking to the flock as a father to their sons and daughters. And I really sensed a great love in that letter. And um, we'll get into the letter. But first of all, I wanted to ask you, what made you, uh, what was compelling you to write a letter to the uh, sons and daughters of Christ in your diocese? Well, Frankly, Terry, all the confusion, and as we move toward this synod, I think it's it's just going to be the the synod of confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people get upset when you you say anything negative about it, but I think we need to speak up, yeah. and it's it's allowing conversations. And I've said this before; it's having conversations about things that there's there's really no question of. If you know Jesus Christ and then you know the teachings of his church, I mean, yes, it's they're challenging things, but we can't change the truth. And that's the whole tone of this Senate is, well, we may vote to change the truth. And it's 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 not going to really happen. I mean, yeah, they can vote for whatever and create all kinds of documents and yeah. say whatever they want. But like we've said before, yeah. the basic truth, Jesus Christ is truth. And, and that's why I wanted to start with with him. Yes. He is, he is the Son of God. He is Lord of Lords. Amen. He is the greatest gift to all humanity. And to try to dilute that in any way, to say, well, he's just one among many, or that he's really not Lord of all. And it's just, it's like just this Catholic club. And if you want to belong, fine, but don't try to invite anybody else. I mean, that's contrary to what he told us, yeah. what scripture says, what tradition has said, what yeah. all the history of the church has said. And really, Terry, we have to realize historically this has been tried before. Um, I was inspired by celebrating Pope St. Pius X. Oh, yeah. And, you know, right in the midst of completing this letter that I just put out to the Diocese of Tyler, um, you know, Pius X had the oath against modernism that was required, and and it it went away 60 years later in 1967. It should never have gone away. And a lot of what we're dealing with um, is the same harm that Pius X saw. And I don't, you know, I'm no scholar of Pius X, but I've learned more about him. And I learned the way he died. I learned his whole focus. I think he was a very holy man. Oh, yeah. He was focused on the Eucharist. He was focused on the importance of the Eucharist. And I think we need his voice for our time because, like we've said before, we, you know, with so many Catholics not even claiming to really believe in the Eucharist, we need those that teaching of Pius X. Yep. And he also tackled the, the errors of his time yep. that he labeled as modernism. That's right. But we're, if you go through, there's a, the, the um, 
65, I think it's 65 points that he makes. It's, it's like he's talking about today. Amen. Well, Bishop Strickland, your first paragraph, I want to read this because I think people need to hear it. They might not read it themselves, but I want you to hear this, our listeners. You said, may the love and grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be upon you always. I love that. He said, in this time of great turmoil in the church and in the world, I must speak to you from a father's heart in order to warn you of the evils that threaten us and to assure you of the joy and hope that we have always in our Lord Jesus Christ. The evil, false messages, message that has been invaded, has invaded the church, the Christ's bride, is that Jesus is only one among many and that it is not necessary for his message to be shared with all humanity. This idea must be shunned, refuted at every turn. Wow, amen to that. We must share the joyful good news that Jesus is our only Lord and that he desires that all humanity for all time may embrace eternal life in him. What a, a short paragraph that says it all, that everybody needs to embrace Jesus Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There is no other than Jesus Christ. Thank you for saying that. Well, I think it was necessary. And it, I think? like I said, it's the foundation of everything else. Yeah. Once you know him, you turn to him. He's truth incarnate. You turn to his wisdom. And he brings great challenges, but he also brings eternal life. Amen. He brings this the salvation of our souls. He brings the solution to every problem that we see in the world. Well, yes, and we want to share that with every soul inside and outside the church. I mean, gosh. All right, next paragraph. Once we understand that Jesus Christ, God's divine son, is the fullness of revelation and the fulfillment of the Father's plan of salvation for all humanity, and I love this, for all time, and we embrace this with all our hearts, then we can address the other errors that plague our church and our world, which has been brought about by a departure from the truth. You say this all the time, Bishop Strickland. It's the truth. What is the truth? And I'm just going to say it right now, publicly. You said it to me, Terry. If I say something that's not the truth about the gospel, about Jesus Christ, don't wait till the... Uh, the commercial break. Call me out right on the air. And you know what, Bishop Strickland? Especially me. I'm, I don't have the formation you have. I read a lot. You know, I think I know somewhat of the faith. But you know what? I don't trust myself in the sense that I could make, I can uh, present something that's an error, not knowing that it's error, and I want to be corrected. So thank you for having that attitude, because then we, we really are not about Bishop Joseph Strickland or Terry Barber. It's about the person of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And it's not about either of us. Nope. It's about Christ and his truth. That's right. And it's about the salvation of souls. Amen. And if I truly love the flock that I serve and beyond, yes. I've got to, to speak the truth that sets us free, the truth that gives us life, even in this world. Um, so I felt compelled to do it, and I'm glad that I was able to, to write this letter I'm sure many will receive it. I've already been accused of creating division and that they can never support me in creating division. But 
you know, yeah, things are divided. Yeah. When you turn away from the truth, terrible divisions happen. Yeah. But I'm not creating the division. I really, no. and I, I mean, again, Terry, yeah. like you said, I'm glad you brought that up because if people can show to me how this creates division to yeah. call out sure. errors and false messages, it's the opposite. Yeah. And I'm no, I'm no great scholar. I'm not anything really, but Jesus is everything. Amen. That's what we have to tell people. And yeah, he tells us there will be, he, he came to create division. That's right. Because he came to bring us the fullness of truth. And when we start to reject that, which is happening too often in society and in the church, yeah. when we flirt with rejecting the truth, we're rejecting Christ. And he, he tells us be divided from that. So I just don't accept the charge that I'm creating division. I'm trying to address the division. Amen. And Our Lady of Akita, back in 73, predicted this very thing would take place in the Catholic Church. So Absolutely. It's prophetic. Now, I love how I always say, Bishop Strickland, you have a biblical worldview. It's not the Strickland view, worldview. No, it, you're always constantly going to Scripture. And in St. Paul's letter, you write to the, you, you, uh, you point out in your letter, a paragraph says, in St. Paul's letter to the Galatians, he writes, not you, he writes, I am amazed that you are so quick, so quickly forsaking the one who called you by the grace of Christ for a different gospel. Not that there is another, but there are some who are disturbing you and wish to, I use this word, pervert the gospel of Christ. I thought that was a very, you know, the scripture, it says pervert the gospel of Christ. That's what they're doing, and I'll just make my take. But then you point out, but even if we were an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel other than the one that we preach to you, this is a strong statement. Let that one be accursed. In other words, go to, go to hell, basically. I mean, let him go to hell. What? As we have said before, and now I say again, if anyone preaches to you a gospel other than the one that you receive, let that one be accursed. Galatians chapter 1, verse 6 and 9. That seems very harsh in a modern world that we live in today. But you know what? That's God's word. Yeah. And I think that is the passage of our time to continually go back to. And and like you said, I'm I'm... Glad to say, I didn't say it. No. I'm just quoting St. Paul, and it's inspired sacred scripture. Yeah. Now, I like this because I'm a father, okay, for a family. When we come back, Bishop Strickland is going to talk as your spiritual father. And I love this. We need more of that. We need mentoring from our leadership in the church that directs us right to Jesus Christ. And that's what Bishop Strickland's doing. When I come back... We'll continue to go into his letter that he put out on the Queenship of Mary, August 22nd, to his flock, and I believe to all people of goodwill. Stay with us, family. We'll be back after a quick break. And now back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Welcome back. Indeed, we're talking about a letter... Bishop Joseph Strickland sent to his diocesan sons and daughters in Christ. And we're reading it, and it's really beautiful because it shows 
Bishop Strickland, your love for your flock, and not just because they're going to be recycling bottles or, or taking care of the earth, but because you're encouraging them to follow Christ and him crucified. Okay, that's the beauty. Now, you put in a paragraph as your spiritual father that you felt is important to reiterate the following basic truths. That's what we do on this show. The basic truths that have always been understood by the church uh, from time immemorial, and to emphasize that the church exists not to redefine matters of faith, but to safeguard the deposit of faith as it has been handed down to us from our Lord himself through the apostles, the saints, and I might add the martyrs. Again, hearkening back to St. Paul's warning to the Galatians. Any attempts to pervert the true gospel message must be categorically rejected as injurious to the bride of Christ and her individual members. I'll say something. Amen, amen, amen. That's a strong paragraph. Yeah, well, thank you, Terry. It's, and really, I have to say, it is from my love for the Lord Absolutely. and his church mm -hmm. and for the flock that I serve. It really is motivated by love because Christ is truth and he is love incarnate as well. And what is his love? It's sacrificial and it's willing, desiring the good of the other. Yeah. I mean, that is Christ's love, the definition of Christ's love. He's the personification of that kind of love. And it's, you know, it it's heartbreaking to me to see yeah. people led away, just like for your own children, yeah. who, as a father, as a actual biological father, I know, I mean, I don't know that love of children that you've experienced, but I know the love of the flock, and I will do everything I can. And, you know, as you would lay down your life Absolutely. for your family, Christ says the greatest love is to lay down your life for your friend. Mm -hmm. Your family and my flock is more than just friends. Amen. They're, they're part of who we are. They are part of us. And absolutely, a man lays down his life right. for his family that's and the, the flock of Tyler and beyond. I mean, there are a lot of people, well, anyone who is part of the truth and, and longing for the truth. I mean, people turn to me all the time. They're, they're part of my flock as well. Yep. And I'll continue to do my best to share that truth with them. Well, God bless you for doing that. Now, there are seven points. I find it interesting that you use the number seven <laughs> as a biblical number. Yeah. <laughs> All right, number one, you said, Christ established one church, it was the Catholic Church, and therefore only the Catholic Church provides the fullness of Christ's truth and the authentic path to his salvation for all of us. Uh, Bishop Strickland, Dominus Jesus was published in the year 2000, 23 years ago, and said exactly that. And 23 years ago, I won't say names, but they're high officials in the church today who rejected that position, and they're in positions of high power now in the church. I know this for a fact because I've been around 44 years doing this work. <laughs> so I remember. Yeah. And, yeah. and my own well, bishop did that. Go ahead. That's, an, and that's why it's number one, really, because after Christ, yeah. then 
you've got to embrace the truth of his bride because that's how we come to know Christ in the 21st century. Yeah. Um, And certainly, like I've said before, and I know that, I mean, most of the people in the 33 counties of the Diocese of Tyler are baptized, not Catholic, but baptized. Yeah. In the church and her wisdom, guided by the Holy Spirit, it all fits together that we recognize Christian baptism by whatever denomination. And really, the denominations are not of Christ. That's our broken human reality. But baptism is that unifying sacrament. Anyone baptized is receives that indelible character that we talk about. They're changed yep. in Christ. Their sins are forgiven. They're given that life of God, the life of grace, the gift of the Holy Spirit. That So remembering that, then, and I know, again, a lot of these people would really start to argue with me <laughs> if, if, I, if they heard that they're part of the Catholic Church, yeah. that they are through baptism. And lovingly, we have to continue. And certainly, God's the one who gave them free will, not us. And no one should ever be coerced into embracing the gospel. But to lovingly, generously, joyfully share the message of the gospel and the message that there's only one church and the Roman Catholic Church the word I think that the document uses is that the Church of Christ subsists in yes. the Roman Catholic Church. That means that, I mean, and we know, Terry, I mean, we're both sinners. Yeah, we're trying to be as faithful members of the mystical body of Christ that the Church is yeah. as we can possibly be. We do that through confessing our sins and seeking a constant reforming of our lives. Um Again, with St. Pius X, restore all things in Christ. That's right. That was my... We can take that very personally, yep. Terry. Yes. We need to restore every day. We need to restore our lives more deeply in Christ. That's what it means to live our baptism. And that's what everyone's called to. And that is what we share. And this idea that we shouldn't share that with others, it's contrary to what Christ has taught us and what his church has preached for 2,000 years. Yeah, the Great Commission. I mean, this is what I find uh, very refreshing, because for years now, I mean, we got priests that are bragging that they haven't baptized a soul in 30 or 40 years, and they're missionaries? What? What are you missionary for? Is it social work? I mean, we could get anybody to do social work, and I just think we've lost that, and I think it's good to bring that up again. Number two point. The Eucharist and all the sacraments are divinely instituted, and they're not developed by man. You know, we can just change things. The Eucharist is truly Christ's body, blood, soul, and divinity, and to receive him in communion unworthily. And here's where you get charitable. In the state of of grave, unrepentant sin. That's charitable to tell somebody that, because if you don't tell them that, they're not going to know it. Uh, So you said unrepentant sin is a devastating sacrilege for individual and for the church. Corinthians chapter 1, verse 11, 27 to 29. That verse right there needs to be read. And 
you've actually called out high people in the government like President Joe Biden because he's baptized a Catholic to say, look, you shouldn't be receiving Holy Communion. This is uh, gravely sinful. And here's the challenge I have, Bishop Strickland, for you to put this on paper and say, this is wrong. There's no ambiguity here. See, there's no political correctness. There's nothing but the truth. And I thank you for that. Thanks, Terry. Um, and it it is the loving thing to do. Of course it's it is. The love of a father. Um, and all, all the baptized are in in the flock of the church. So it's the loving thing to do is, like you said, that's that's true charity to yeah. say, don't do this. If you don't believe, at least don't receive the body and blood, soul and divinity of Christ and mock right. his sacrifice right. by saying, well, I don't believe in what the church teaches, but I'm going to receive the Lord intentionally. And it, it's just we've got to tell people, everyone, every yeah. Joe, every Nancy, Everybody. every Susan, every yep. Fred, yep. every person, every Terry, yep. everyone. Yep, I agree. And and that's true charity. I remember in my book on how to show your faith, I always said, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And you cared enough to stick your neck out because there's not a lot of priests or bishops that would say what you just said because of fear of, oh, I'm not going to be liked. Well, Bishop Strickland, get over it. I mean, anybody well, that says get over it. You're not here to be liked. You're here yeah. to give people. It's not a popularity race. No. And also, I mean, honestly, you know, it's not about me. No. But I'm sure people will say, well, he really needs to be canceled now. <laughs> he really needs to be removed. And it, it may happen. But whether that happens or not, I can't stop okay. loving and stop sharing the truth. Amen. Because I'm not going to be popular or I'm not going to have the position I mean, I, I'm sure we've talked about it before, but I'm inspired in the Stations of the Cross when Christ is stripped of everything. Yeah. That's what a father's willing to do. Yep. A father is willing to lose his life That's right. for his children, and a, a shepherd should be willing to lose his life for his sheep. Well said. Well said. And again, I want people to go to the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, to read and print out that uh, document. It's a PDF. You can share it with your friends because I think it's inspiring people to see the truth in black and white and just study this letter and say, well, so when we come back from the break, we'll get number three point. But I want to remind everybody, there's still time for you to register for the Defending the Faith Conference in Tyler, Texas. I'll be there. Bishop Strickland obviously will be there. And it's going to be with a bunch of other speakers there that are going to help inspire you to fall deep in love with Jesus. And the way you can register is go to vmpr.org. That's virginmostpowerfulradio.org and hit the click to register for the Defending the Faith Conference. Uh, and many of these topics that he's bringing up, I'm sure, will be brought up by some of the speakers on the beautiful teachings of the church because we need to do that. Um, I also want to remind people that both of us, Bishop Strickland and I, have a great love for Fulton Sheen, Bishop Fulton Sheen. And, you know, uh, we have a, a day with Bishop Sheen coming up October 14th here in California at the Sacred Heart Chapel. We're going to be streaming it so people can watch it anywhere in the world. But we're going to cover three points of Fulton Sheen. I think it's important for the church today. Number one point, we're going to talk about 
how Bishop Sheen took St. Thomas Aquinas' teachings and made it into a popular radio show called Life is Worth Living. How? He, he brought the Thomistic philosophy and showed people the right process of thinking and living the faith. Number two, we're going to cover the Blessed Mother. He wrote a book called The World's First Love. And what a great explanation on why we have devotion to the Blessed Mother. And then the third area we're going to cover is evangelization. What did Bishop Sheen do? He was the greatest evangelist of the 20th century. 15,000 letters a day would come to that man. So you want to hear it, and we're going to be talking about how to sign petition for us to get Bishop Sheen beatified, letting our leaders in our church know that we'd want to see him beatified. Stay with this family. When we come back, we're going to talk about the sacrament of marriage and what does the church actually talk, teach about that and why it's important today in the 21st century. Stay with us. And now back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Welcome back. Indeed, we're talking about a letter Bishop Strickland sent to his flock, their sons and daughters of Christ. And we're on different points that he's just reviewing what the church teaches about a particular topic. And I would just encourage you, if you have a catechism of the Catholic Church, like, for example, the one on the sacrament of marriage, read that section and then see how what Bishop Strickland said is right in the catechism. It's In other words, none of these points are his personal opinion. Every one of these topics are addressed in the catechism of the Catholic Church. So, for example, the sacrament of matrimony, you stated, is instituted by God. Oh, really? That's that's right. And he said, through natural law, God has has established marriage as between one man, one woman, faithful to each other for life, and open to children. Humanity has no right or true ability to redefine marriage. In that short sentence, you just you just nailed it. We're living in a world, Bishop Strickland, that is acting like. Hey, that's a novel idea. Yeah. And it's it's one of the most critical as I agree. we hear from the children of Fatima, yeah. the battle it's going to be over marriage and family, and that's where we are. Yeah. And it is a battle. Um, but no, the truth is our greatest weapon uh, in this battle. To know the truth and to embrace it and to encourage those who are who never knew the truth, who have rejected it, to either come to the truth or return to the truth. It's our only hope. It's our only salvation. And as I've said many times, Terry, the truth is what will last. I won't last. You won't last. If we we cling to the truth, we will last an eternal life. Men are soul, yes. But in the world... If it's not the truth, it's it's another fad, it's another error that fades away. Exactly. What lasts is the truth. Because, I mean, it, it just makes sense. The tr- yes. God is the truth. Creation comes from truth that is God. His Son is truth incarnate. Um, so we have to always remember the joy of sharing the truth and the importance of sharing the truth. Amen, and that's a very biblical theme because the Bible says the truth will set us free. See, that's what sets us free, not error. Error ties us up into 
Error brings us into sinful living, okay? That's the opposite. Now, point number four, and Bishop Strickland, you bring this up. For five years, we've been doing this show, and every, every show, we always talk about uh, the dignity of the human person. So you brought it up. You said every human person is created in the image and likeness of God, male or female, and all people should be helped to discover their true identities as children of God and not supported in a disordered attempt to reject their undeniable biological and God-given identity. Man, how did you say such so much in so little words? It's beautiful. The Holy Spirit helped. Amen, amen. That's what we're living in right now. People are mixed up. We can't, Bishop Strickland, we're living in the world that says, oh, I feel like I'm a female, so I'm a female. I mean, if you would have told somebody that when we were in our 20s, or even 30s, we would have said, I think you're, there's something wrong with you. I mean, have you been to see a, a doctor? <laughs> you know, we really yeah. would have. And now today, if you say that and say that's not right, they accuse you of being a bigot. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a it's a topsy-turvy world. You think? We just have to just continue to, you know, with charity and clarity, yeah. share the truth. Yeah. And and these points that I, by the grace of God, I, yeah. I wanted to tackle the points that are most threatened yeah. in our time. Sure. And I think these points are very oh, yeah. threatened. There are many others as well, but I think these are some of the fundamental things that are threatened about who are we? We are created in the image and likeness of God. Yep. Of course, many people have rejected God. So it, it reminds us when God is rejected, we're rejecting who we are. Yep. And it, it all starts to unravel. And that's sadly what we're seeing. Yeah, I agree. Number five, fifth point, sexual activity outside of marriage is always gravely sinful and cannot be condoned, blessed, or deemed permissible by any authority inside the church. Now, now, Bishop Strickland, if you would have told me that 30 years ago, again, 40 years ago, I just, I, I would say, well, of course. But it, it appears today that there's some people even inside the church who are saying, now, now, you know, come on, give the guy a break. And his first wife, it didn't work out. He needs another, I mean, come on, he deserves it. And they start justifying adultery. And I'm glad you brought this up. Is that why you did it? Absolutely, because as we've said before, certainly a, a homosexual marriage can never be condoned or blessed. Right. But any sexual sin can never be exactly. condoned or blessed. It's not like, well, we're just picking on those oh. who have the, the same-sex attraction. It's any sexual sin. Right. And I think that's what we have to be very clear about yeah. because that raises the bar for all of us. Yes. And there are, I mean, pornography and all the things that plague our world and are so destructive yeah. in the sexual world. I mean, some would say, oh, well, don't worry so much about these, you know, the sexual morality sins. The church has emphasized it too much. Yeah. The church has emphasized it so much because it's such a huge problem yeah. that it's so destructive. Right. And, you know, the abuse of children, the abuse of people sexually is 
devastating. That's right. It leaves scars that sometimes people simply can't recover from. So right. I don't think the church can emphasize it too much. Certainly, we need to, in humility, look for the better ways and the very best ways to share this wonderful truth that is deeply challenging. But you know, from your lovely wife and the relationship y'all have had in your marriage, yep. that it is so joyful. Right. It's not easy. It's not always perfect. But it's the, the source. I would wager, Terry, we've never really talked about it. Yeah. But as a married man, I would say that the greatest joy of your life is your wife. Of course it is. And, and because might... you're truly married. Of course. And that's what marriage is about. That's what I gave up <laughs> as a 64-year-old man. Yeah. That I realized that sacrifice more deeply. Yeah, man. Because I've never had that one person right. that I'm joined to for life yeah. that shares it all. Yeah. The laughter, the joy, the sorrows, the exactly. tears, the boring, exactly. everything. That is what a gift that is. That yeah, is a great gift. I'm inspired just as we're talking about it. What a beautiful gift. You're inspiring God's me. Hey, at the break time, guess who I was talking to at the break time? My wife. Guess what I told her, honey? We're halfway through. I'll be home for dinner about 5.15. Why do I do that? She's my love. I, 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 she's my bride, man. I mean, yeah, you're, everything you said, I confirm and say you nailed it. Now, I want to mention one thing, though, about chastity. Because it, in this, when you talked about sexual activity, I'm called to be chaste. You're called to be chaste. A, a single man is called to be chaste. What do we mean? Wait a minute. You're married. Yeah. What I'm saying is I'm called to that one woman I said at the altar. I do. And so I've cut all the other women off in my life. They can't be, I can't have sexual contact with anyone else but my wife. So I'm chaste to her. So you as a celibate priest are chaste. You are chaste. Now, even a single man or woman are called to be chaste. So we're all called. So don't feel like just because you have same-sex attraction that you're not called to be chaste also. We don't alienate anyone. We're all in the same boat going down the same river. We have the same um, uh, operations of falling in our sin. In other words, original sin. We've, we've been baptized. We all struggle to live a life of grace. And so we're all equal in that respect. So that's my point. Absolutely. And Terry, I think it needs to be said Tell me. that your marital chastity yeah. is about loving your wife more than yourself. That's right. Oh, self-denial. And, and sacrificing so that even though you, by the church's moral law, yeah. you are a man who can fulfill his sexual desires okay lawfully and beautifully that's right but the chastity aspect of that for you as a married man that's right is to always treat your wife with the greatest respect it's not just about your desires it's not just about what feels good for you exactly. you have to look for what is best for her that's what chaste love of a husband and wife is about you nailed it you nailed it and thank you for saying that and i'm sure our listeners that are married go yeah that's it you nailed it Number six, I don't know if we're going to get through them all, but I want to encourage people to go to the Diocese of Tyler, Texas, to download the PDF of this letter by Bishop Strickland to his flock. Number six, the belief that all men and women will be saved regardless of how they live their lives, a concept commonly referred to as universalism. 
It's false and it's dangerous as it contradicts what Jesus tells us repeatedly in the gospel. Jesus says we must deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. You quote Matthew 16, 24. He has given us the way through his grace to victory over sin and death through repentance and sacramental confession. It is essential that we embrace the joy and hope as well as freedom that comes from repentance and humbly confessing our sins. Through repentance and sacramental confession, every battle with temptation and sin can be a small victory that leads us to embrace the great victory that Christ has won for us. That could be a whole show, what you just covered there. Yeah. Now, how many people have walked out of a confessional and like they're walking on air? You know, because they've had burden released, they've gotten forgiven for serious sins that they are like, wow, I've got that off my chest. Talk a little bit more about what you what that paragraph says, because that's a powerful paragraph. Well, the universalism, I think, is is so devastating to the real message of Jesus Christ. Yeah, let me because, ju- let me just jump in. I didn't realize the music's coming on, Bishop Strickland. Let's talk yeah. about universalism on the other side of the break and much more. And you know what I came up with? And Bishop Strickland will like this one. I don't think he's heard this one. I'm too inspired to be tired. I'm too protected to be dejected. And I'm too renewed to be subdued, even in the state that I'm in right now with the world and the church. Stay with us, family. And now back to the Bishop Strickland Hour. Wow, this hour flew by so fast. I hope you're enjoying it as much as I am. Bishop Strickland, you were just going to be talking about universalism and how you how it's, it's false and it's dangerous. Tell us a little bit more about that. Well, it basically is the idea that everyone's saved and it doesn't really take any effort. It doesn't take any following of Christ, really. It's just you just sort of go through life and you'll be saved and go to heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, the The finer point of that is absolutely everyone is called, as I've tried to say in this letter. Yeah. Christ's call is universal, but it's a universal challenge. Mm-hmm. It's a universal call to what's quoted there to deny yourself, to take up your cross and follow him in a universalism. It always has the tone that you don't really have to repent. You don't have to really belong to the the church. You don't have to seek sanctity. You just have to sort of live. You know, you're just sort of alive and, and suddenly you'll go to heaven. The problem really, it, it's not my idea. It's not your idea. The problem with universalism is it contradicts what Jesus said. Amen. He said the road is narrow. Exactly. That he uses all kinds of imagery yeah. that the way his way is the narrow path and the way of the world is the broad path. If anyone is, is still struggling with that, I'd encourage him to go to the visions of St. Faustina mm. because she tells in her diary the story of visions. She saw the vision of people walking down this broad, beautiful avenue with flowers. It's just gorgeous and lovely. And they go off into a pit of fire and and damnation. Wow. 
And then she talks about a path of people struggling and they're thorn bushes and it's dirty and they're they're just really in terrible struggling and suffering and they end up ending in heaven with the beauty of it's just that is what Christ taught us in universalism is the idea that oh you just wander down this beautiful path and then it continues in beauty that's not what Christ said and we have to follow what Jesus Christ taught us. Amen. Number seven, in order to follow Jesus Christ, we must be willing to ch- choose to take up our cross instead of attempting to avoid the cross and suffering that our Lord offers to each of us individually in our daily lives. The mystery of redemptive suffering, suffering that our Lord allows us to experience and accept in this world and then offered back to him in union with his sufferings, humbles us. Yeah, it sure does. It purifies us, and it draws us deeper into the joy of a life lived in Christ. This is not to say that we must enjoy seek or seek out suffering, but if we are united to Christ, we, as we are experiencing our daily suffering, and who doesn't suffer every day, we can find the hope and joy that exists among the suffering and perverse to the end, persevere to the end in all of our suffering. And you quote Second Timothy. Chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. Well said. Yeah, and that, I mean, look at our world. Yeah. They, I mean, I was, had a conversation just recently with someone, and it, you know, as we were talking, it kind of dawned on them that, yeah, I mean, there's so many advertisements for get rid of pain, get rid of any suffering. That's I mean, right. it's like shun any suffering at all. And yeah. certainly, I mean, sometimes people are in, extreme pain and you know it's a blessing to be able to to deal with that but it's okay to put up with a little pain that's right as my as i'm sure both of my mothers and you probably said the same thing to your kids i did offer it up exactly (laughs) bishop strickland we just have a couple minutes but this last two paragraphs that you wrote to summarize or summarize it i i almost want you to read it but I'll, i'll read some of it because this really lays it out that what we're up against. He said, in the weeks and months ahead, many of these truths that we just talked about are, will be examined as part of the Senate on Synodality. And you said, we must hold fast to these truths and not be wary of any attempts to present an alternative to the gospel of Jesus Christ or to push for a faith that speaks of dialogue and brotherhood while attempting to remove the fatherhood of God. Well said. When we seek to innovate upon what God in his great mercy has given us, we find ourselves upon treacherous ground. And then you said this, the surest footing we can find is to remain firmly upon the, and I love that word, perennial teachings of the faith. Amen, amen. What more can you say? Yeah, and that's really what it comes down to. I mean, and that's honestly, as I said, that's what prompted me to write this letter was what's coming and what, you know, all these questions and all these uncertainties. Really, you know, I have no authority, but if if that's all the Senate is about, it doesn't need to happen. Right. There's no reason for it. Right. It It's is asking questions that we already have the answer to. Yeah. I mean, certainly, uh, a synod, I mean, the churches had synods of all different kinds and many synods in, right. in this, these years, but 
to come together and look at how can we do a better job of sharing this beautiful truth with humanity and with those in the church who are not so sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But if it's about trying to find how to get around this truth or how to change it, it shouldn't even happen. I want to laugh because I just got a post from my friend Steve Ray. He's posting your letter on Facebook and Twitter today, and that he's uh, including this in a Crisis Magazine uh, article that they're interviewing him. So the word's getting out. People like it. They're inspired. They want to spread it. Uh, the last paragraph you said to me, I really was motivated to say, wow, you said it all. Regrettably, you said, and I think that's a good word, regrettably. You don't want to see this. Regrettably, it may be that some will label as schismatics those who disagree with the changes being proposed. But be assured, however, that no one who remains firmly upon, this is a great analogy, the plumb line of our Catholic faith is a schismatic. I'm going to repeat that line. That, I like that line. We must remain unabashedly and truly Catholic regardless of what may be brought forth. We must be aware also that it's not leaving the church to stand firm against these proposed changes. As St. Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. John 6, verse 68. Therefore, standing firm does not mean we are seeking to leave the church. Instead, those who would propose changes to, what, to that which cannot be changed, seek to commandeer Christ's church, and they are indeed true schismatics. And that is a bold statement to say, but you know what? You're absolutely correct. And then you said, I urge my sons and daughters in Christ that now is the time to make sure that you stand firmly upon the Catholic faith of ages. We were all created to seek the way, the truth, and the life, and in this modern age of confusion... The true path is the one that is illuminated by the light of Jesus Christ. For truth has a face, and indeed it is his face. Be assured that he will not abandon his bride. Bishop Strickland, I want your comments, but another good friend of mine, Father Dave, I'm sorry, um, Calloway, Don Calloway just texted me. He saw your letter, and he said this. I wrote back, and I said, I'd go into battle with Bishop Strickland leading us, and he responded, I'll be there with you, brother. So my point is this letter is getting wide distribution just in a day. I'm yeah. People telling me that they love it. It inspired them. That last paragraph, Bishop Strickland, that you really just turn the tables and say, wait a minute. I'm not. Why are you accusing me of division when you know who's causing the division? The people are trying to stop and change the perennial teachings of the church. Let's call it for what it is. Yeah. Well, and I think it needs to be said, um, many won't like it, <laughs> but many didn't like what Christ said. And I'm certainly, I'm just a humble, sinful disciple, that, but, I, but I have to do my best. Amen. And I have to rejoice in his truth yes. and continue to share it. And I guess a, a final thing that I would say, Terry, is to, for those who are embracing this and saying, thank you, Bishop. Let's be inspired to continue to share this beautiful truth, yeah. even with people who, you know, I'm sure all the comments won't be positive. No. And there'll be people that probably contact you and say, 
Why, how did, can you associate with this bishop? Or, you know, all those kind of things. Yeah. But let us stay in love. Amen. Let us stay in charity because that's what Christ calls us to. I mean, hopefully we don't reach the point where we can people consider us enemies or we can consider people enemies. But if, if even it goes, if it goes that far, we're to love our enemies right. and, and do right for them. Yep. And the right thing is to share the truth. So thank you for, I, did, I really didn't expect the whole hour to be talking about this letter, but obviously it's, I, I wrote it because I, I thought I needed to share it with my flock. Oh yeah. And really we're one flock. That's right. We are the Lord's beloved Amen. and we are part of his mystical church, mystical body, the church his bride, and we need to joyfully but clearly refute any false messages for our sake and for the sake of humanity. Amen, 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 I say unto you. My gosh, Bishop Strickland, how about a blessing for all of our listeners who have been on the air listening to this? Almighty God, we thank you for all your blessings. We thank you for the opportunities of growing in faith. Help us to always do so humbly acknowledging that we have so much more to learn about the great mystery and the depth of your love, the gift of your Son incarnate among us, and the gift of the church that he has left to guide us to you, Father, Son, and Spirit. May all the saints intercede for us, especially the Queen of Saints, mm. the Blessed Virgin Mary. And we ask this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And I want to remind you, I'll be in Tyler, Texas, all right? I'll be there September 1 and 2 for the Defending the Faith Conference. Bishop Strickland is our keynote speaker there. We've got lots of good people coming. Go to vmpr.org to register. We've got a couple hundred people. We've got plenty of room now. More and more people can come. Go to virginmostpowerfulradio.org. Check that out. And also, all the other shows that we have, Bishop Strickland's shows are archived by podcasts. You can always access them by going to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Now, if you're not listening with our app on the phone, download the free app. You can listen to it on YouTube and other areas, but having it on our app, we think that that's the best way to go because no one can really censor us there. I'll be honest with you. So keep that in mind. And I want to thank you for supporting us here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio because we couldn't do it without you. And I look forward to seeing, Jim, seeing many of you in Tyler, Texas, coming September 1 and 2. May God bless you, and again, keep in touch with us at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We're here to serve you the gospel of Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. God love you. 